Daniel Cornelius is my guest today and I'm really excited as usual. I'm excited with all my guests, but with Daniel especially because we went through quite an important time in my life um, with him. And uh, because of that and because of Factor Fit and the success of the TV program, um, it's 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 allowed Daniel to to do quite a lot of things with his health and fitness no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I think uh, even though you say it was a uh, it was a good life experience or life changing event for you, I think the same goes for myself. Where yeah. it was um, a very, very good experience. Obviously, working with uh, four different individuals at one go. The combination of having to record things for TV and setting up like what the episodes would include was obviously a, an extremely um, good and valuable experience for me, one which that I've uh, really enjoyed both the time doing it and, and afterwards. Good. Well, we're going to start at the beginning because I don't know much about your childhood. I mean, I know since Factor Fit, yep. um, I've become quite close with your family, yes. which which I've really enjoyed because I remember we we spent a lot of time um, where, where I couldn't train because I had a heart attack. Yep. And you and I used to just walk. Yeah, we used to walk and chat. <laughs> and chat and chat. And you told me about all these amazing people in your life, <laughs> which I didn't, who I didn't know. Yep. And then after all this, I met them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one I didn't meet was your grandpa, but yep. he, everybody speaks about him really well. And especially James, your uncle, who yeah. I've already interviewed. So his talk will probably be out already by the time this comes out. So yeah, I want to start at the beginning. Um, you're a brother. You've got a brother. Yeah, I've got an and older you brother. Had a happy childhood. Yeah, we had a very happy childhood. I mean, I think we were fortunate enough to uh, grow up in a in a very loving home, a home where we travelled a lot. That was the the go to um, camping was the thing we did really. Um, I suppose from what my parents have always told me, as money was. Always a bit of an issue. They mm. weren't uh, maybe earning as well as they did in the later years in the in their life. Well, um, the the best way to go on holiday was camping. Was the most affordable that they could uh, take the the kids on. So we would go from trailer tents to caravans, and we've travelled. And my dad has dro- driven us all the way to Italy twice. Wow. Uh, whilst we were kids, he's driven to Switzerland when he was younger with uh, with my mom and and some close friends, and so we've uh, we've always... experienced the roads uh, throughout Europe for, for many years. Wow! So you've always enjoyed. I mean, you've always camped basically, yeah, yeah. not just in Spain. So no, you've gone no, all over the place. France, wow. Portugal, especially. We used to go every Easter. We used to go to the same type of area in Portugal. We was just we just loved it. And and again, we'd go with um, with uh, best friends from my parents that they have uh, children as well, and mm. we're all of the same age. We're all boys, and we're all of the same age. And we've we've travelled to again to Italy, uh, all of us together, France, Holland. I mean, we've we've experienced quite a lot, which I thought was a, a very nice way to grow up. Did you enjoy it as a child? Did you I think, loved it. Was it fun? I mean, must yeah, have been yeah. Quite I mean, fun. the the outdoors. I've always enjoyed. Yeah. I've always been a very active uh, person. So it's just, probably what nurtured your love for the outdoors. I suppose, yeah. I mean, it started since I've as far back as I can remember. I've always um, been outdoors, camping, the caravan, um, barbecues. Whether you go somewhere and you're cycling, and uh, I've, I've just uh, I've always enjoyed. It. I still enjoy it more. Than even to this day, more than uh, going and staying in in a hotel, I like that adventure aspect. 
Do you do you prefer like sleeping blung under the stars yeah. and Yeah yeah I prefer I, I I think I enjoy it I mean I obviously I can appreciate the the comfort of the a comfort hotel. of a hotel obviously <laughs> yeah, especially I, if it's really cold in winter or anything Yeah but I I just like staying outdoors in in different campsites and what and the you, wilderness has to offer you Do you think that has led to you um loving the the healthy lifestyle the fact that you that you have become trained really in 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 healthy habits and a healthier living um sure i think it's i think it's um, many aspects that have influenced my my decision or my passion to mm. to enjoy health uh, uh, health and fitness i mean from camping and being in the outdoors we've always been a family that we used to winston when whilst on holiday we used to go cycling everywhere Mm. And so I'm very used to being active and fit. My dad uh, grew up; he always used to cycle. Used to be part of the the cycling um, clubs here in Gibraltar. He used to do the competitions of the top of the rock. So he's always enjoyed cycling. Obviously, then uh, he he got into hockey when he was okay. uh, a bit later on, and that's the reason why I I play hockey. And my you brother still play used hockey. To play, I still play hockey. I mean, I got into it because my dad used to be the coach. So, yeah. so I mean, it was, it was I started at a younger age than maybe others just because I used to go with my dad. He used yeah. to have the youngest age group, but I used to be younger than them. So I started uh, at a very young age and I've always, uh, hockey is something I've, I've always enjoyed, still enjoy to this day. Um, and then at some point in your life, yeah. you went to uni. I went to university, yes. And what was that like? It was amazing. <laughs> where did you? I can't remember where I you go were. back in a heartbeat. Really? Oh yes. Where did you start? I can't remember where you were. I went to the University of Chichester. Oh, so that's in the south in the of south. England. Yeah, mm. it's about fifty-five minute train journey from Gatwick, and it's uh, nearby to Brighton and uh, and Portsmouth, uh, and it was just a great experience. I mean, if oh, what did you what did you study there? I studied uh, sports development. Okay. So it was kind of a mix between. Healthy lifestyle, history of sports, sports management, um, had lots of many different like facets uh, to it, but mainly on on developing and encouraging um, inclusion in sports and and how over how we've learned from history, whether it's been through events that have happened where they've excluded uh, individuals, and obviously how sports have developed in other countries. So it was a bit of a of a, of a jumble of, mm. uh, of subjects, but all related to the one thing about sports and, and, and management and inclusion. And you studied that with a view with a view to what? Maybe to coming back to Jib and working here? What, what was your um, plan? Originally, I, I did have hope of, um, of going to study uh, this particular subject and maybe aspirations of working within the, uh, what, what's called now the, the GSLA. Um, because I used to uh, take part as a, both as a, as a, as a child, I used to be dropped off in the summer and used to take part in the summer programs. And then when I was a bit older, I used to volunteer and we used to help out some of the, the leaders and, and stuff. So I always enjoyed it because again, you're dealing with lots of different people, whether you're participating or you're helping people run events. Uh, I always enjoyed that. So I always thought it would be something where I, I'm, it would be nicely suited because I don't particularly enjoy office work yeah so this is outdoors you're dealing with people i kind of i i enjoy that i enjoy that it's more your lifestyle no you, you kind of yep. develop a bit of a lifestyle after yeah. your camping and all yeah. the traveling yeah. around i've never know. really had an office job yeah. i've never worked an office job i've always been even now even summer jobs even to this day i mean all the jobs i've had i've, I've been on my feet and outdoors 
which so, which is good, which is yeah. lucky actually that you can do something yeah. that you like. Yeah. and not be stuck behind the desk. Maybe I'll slow down when I get older, ah, but at the moment... I don't think you will. <laughs> at Definitely the moment, not. I, I enjoy it too much. So your hobbies, your hobbies yeah. um, are... I've just seen you roll up or rock up in your super cool <laughs> motorbike, your Harley. Yeah. Um, do you have a name for your Harley by any chance? No, 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 Harley hasn't got a name. We'll mention the camper van a bit later. <laughs> Helga. Helga, I know you're <laughs> big, beautiful Helga. Yeah. So you were at uni and you did a three-year degree course yeah, and I then um, in Chichester and you enjoyed it. I know you've got a lot of friends that you still keep yeah. up with because i remember while we were training um you'd go and see some of them or they would come and stay yeah. with you yeah i made a uh, one I've, i made lots of friends but one particular friend we just developed a very good uh, relationship with i ended up going to his wedding and it was just how things work because um russell is his name and he's 10 years older than me um so when i got to uni i was only 18 just turned 18 and Russell wasn't at university. He had already been to my university. He had graduated and he was oh. working, but he lived around the area. And I met him because my first week that I was at uh, Halls, <clears throat> I stayed at Halls in uni. My, um, they used to call, the, they used to have someone in, that was older, that lived in the Halls. They were called the Warden. Yeah. So I suppose like take care of the younger ones if you need anything. Yeah. And he used to play hockey. And he used to play hockey for this weekend team. And uh, one, I think it was Saturday or Sunday morning, he came around knocking on my door uh, that they needed players. Someone hadn't shown up. They needed players. If I could come play and help them out for this match. So I rolled out, <laughs> out of bed. I always remember because obviously at uni, being a fresher, yeah. you just end yeah. up going out and partying. And I didn't anticipate an early wake up call. So he <laughs> pulled me out of bed and yeah. he took me down to the, the hockey pitch of the mm. university and introduced me to the Chichita Centurions. And that's where I met Russell, <laughs> Russell Rist Shrives. And he was I hope the, he listens, you've yeah, got to tell him. And he, and he was the, he was the captain of the team. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's how, that's how I first met him. Oh, so um, he wasn't a student. No, no, You just no. met him because he was a coach of the team. He was the captain of the team and that's how I met him. And I played that game. Um, to be fair, the, the level that this was, was say a lower level than I was used to. So obviously when they, when my turn came to, to play and I was involved, they obviously saw that at least compared to a lot of them, I was at a somewhat decent level. I'd played already competitive hockey for, I'd represented Malaga for a few years playing in the under 18s and I'd come uh, So you were quite a decent hockey very player. Very well uh, yeah. um, prepared. Mm -hmm. And so when I got to play this uh, game and obviously the level was a bit lower you kind of stood out a bit obviously aside from playing hockey what made me stand out was my verbal uh, communication <laughs> obviously my my even though well, I've, I've always spoken the, English the fact but that you talk a lot yeah but obviously or that you're um, a bit gobby <laughs> my English well it was fine but being 18 years old yeah. my English was a bit rough yeah. Especially the accent, it was very um, Janito. Spanglish. Very Janito. And as soon as they heard me talking, they obviously then started to... That, that's what made me stand out more than anything, was just the way I communicated, whether I was shouting They were or, just interested in, yeah. in knowing where you were from and, yeah. and so that's what, what Jib was me, about. That's Maybe what they... made me stand out. And I mean, whilst I was at uni, they used to call me Jib. I don't think no one called me Dan <laughs> or Daniel or anything. Jib, that's what the lecturers called me, everyone. Because Jim. it was just an easier way to identify because I was, aside from another girl that was in an older year, I was the only other one there. So they used to just call me Jib. That's funny. 
And, and that's how I met uh, one of my best friends uh, to this day. I still speak to, to Russell. Russell. Uh, and has Russell been to Gibraltar? He hasn't been to Gibraltar. No. no, no. Russell, I've if you're listening, Russell, you need to come and visit. He needs to get over his fears flying. Oh. <laughs> but I, I was lucky enough I went to his wedding in France Just uh, tell him few, that he, it's only two and a half and, hours It's not too bad And uh, yeah, he, he'll be coming over soon hopefully Good He'll be coming over So Dan, um, you came back to Jib after your uni Or did you stay there a bit longer? Did you um, travel? What did you do? I was always a bit indecisive what to do after uni um, I was still in my second year Or the beginning of my second year And I always remember having this conversation with my parents My dad especially Yeah I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I never really thought I'd end up staying in Gibraltar. When I was that age, I always thought I'd, I want to travel and I want to I wanna do something. I just wasn't sure what. Um, so what I decided to do was in my second year, I had always had from a previous uh, family holiday, we had gone to Canada. Mm. We didn't drive there. We flew there <laughs> for my brother's uh, graduation when he graduated from university from Canterbury. Um, he graduated in the summer and then we flew to, to Calgary. We flew wow. and we went into Calgary. Mm. And I was, I think, one of the best holidays I'd ever been on. It was the summer in Canada. We went to the west coast of Canada. So we went to, um, to Vancouver. We did Banff, Jasper, the, the mm. National Park, the Rocky Mountains. And it was absolutely brilliant, honestly. I, if I could Your have lived holiday. anywhere else in the yeah, world, I think what... Canada really... Yeah. really appealed to me and it was a place that I always remember telling my dad I'll come here eventually when I'm older and when uni was going about halfway through I didn't know what to do and I thought why not travel maybe go see the other side of Canada I mean I really enjoyed it so I started looking into like getting like student visas or work visas whatever I needed to get to, there. to get there because I could enter the country being British yeah but if I wanted to work I needed a, a type of visa mm. and obviously um, I had no money. It was all the money I had when I was at uni was thanks to the government and my parents. Mm. So uh, I knew that I'd have to work before going and potentially, depends how long I stay, Yeah, I'll have to find a job at some point. So did you go? I did go. You did go? I did go. I finished university with... I finished university when I was 20 years old because my birthday is not until the summer. Yeah. Actually graduated and I was still 20 <laughs> because it wasn't until the end of July. Mm -hmm. And um, But as soon as I graduated from university, or I finished at least, I think I finished in May of that year, I worked in what used to be the Shell petrol station, Jiboil now. I used to work there until uh, December. So I worked about seven months. You in saved the petrol a bit station, of money. Definitely. Saved all my pennies. And I think it was January the second of that year, of that following year. You went. I went to Canada on my own. Oh wow! And what? <laughs> I was twenty-one years old, and I went to Canada. Very cool. Yeah. Well, it's an experience. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. And yeah, what did you do in Canada? I mean, was it just what you thought? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was definitely what I thought. Obviously, it was extremely cold when I got yeah. there, especially in January. They, uh, I found out extremely quickly whilst arriving that it was the coldest winter on record that they were having so i saw things like minus 25 Ooh. yeah stuff where you come out the front door of the of the flat or apartment and your I mean, eyelashes even your get... eyelashes your nose everything all of a sudden just everything solidified <laughs> whenever there was any little bit of liquid somewhere it solidified so it was a uh, it made a good impression on me and having to wrap up warm long johns yeah, everything something different I yeah mean... but i mean everyone the people that live there, they, they make it work and they 
have no troubles uh, with the weather. Did you work there? Or? Yeah, I did. I worked in uh, a car wash. <laughs> really? Yes, I ended up working in a car wash. Yeah. Um, uh, and it was it was like it was a manual car wash. So, so how long it, were you were you there for? For about seven months. Oh wow, quite a long time. Yeah. I stayed based in Calgary. Yeah. And I visited the East Coast. So I went oh. to Edmonton, I went to Montreal, Quebec, um, Toronto, Niagara Falls. And how fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, honestly, I think I'm, and, I, and ironically enough, another very close friend of mine was doing this. Uh, I met him whilst being in Canada. And he was doing the same thing I was. He was traveling around. He's like a couple of years he? older than me. Where was he from? From England. Ah. Yeah. He came, he stayed with me um, uh, about maybe six years ago. He came and he to stayed gym. with me. Yeah, he stayed there during uh, national. I told him to come during uh, national week. What's so his we name? Had, we went to you Mark. Me, yeah. So we, we went to see a game in Portugal where, when uh, Gibraltar played and uh, they had the GMF here. So I gave him a good, took him all around the rock. must so have he, loved it. Yeah. Johnny. So um, Good. traveling gives you uh, friends and, and life experiences. It sure does. Hi, it's Hexar Garda from Fitness TMB. We work with men and women over 40 to get fit, lose fat, get energized and develop a powerful mindset. You can accomplish this by implementing significant changes in your habits and routines, such as optimizing nutrition and mastering your sleep. I have created for the over 40s the RRE method, recondition, recharge and energize. It's a 13-week program that will enable you to find gratification in your fitness journey, as well as positively shifting your mindset and well-being. You can get in touch at heck at fitnesstmb.com or visit fitnesstmb.com. So today um, we're back with Daniel and we're talking to Daniel Cornelio about lots of things. We haven't, we've only touched on the fat to fit, but this is what I wanted to talk about now because we had a very, both of us, um, a life-changing experience with fat to fit, which came about because I, I watched uh, The Hub and Daniel was on The Hub because by the time he came back to gym, no, you became a personal trainer. Yep. So tell us about that. Tell us about the so, Kyle, what you did with Kyle. Um, so when I got back to gym from my travels, I came back with the intention of getting qualified as a, um, as a personal trainer. Okay. I, find, I found this uh, organization that uh, took about four months, I think it was. So this was after your degree? Yeah, you after decided you degree. Came, eventually came, you came back to yeah. gym and you... And I went to Alicante yeah. in Spain and that's where I got Tra qualified as a, as a personal trainer. Uh, and a few other, I managed to get a few other qualifications because of that. Mm. But that's where I, and when I did this, it was mainly out of a personal uh, goals. It's just because something I enjoyed for myself about training. Um, I had already been training. I started, uh, I always remember I, the first times I started working out, I must have been 13. Uh, and it was in my grandmother's house. I was doing press-ups, sit-ups, squats. And then slowly but surely, I got into the gym out there behind the youth club. Then uh, in Bayside, uh, when we didn't want to go play football, some of us, uh, one of the teachers would stay behind and let us use the gym. So I, you got into it. I got, I really got into it with a few other friends of mine, and it's something yeah. I've kept up ever since. And so I got qualified as a as a personal trainer. And um, my first uh, person that I trained is uh, my cousin's uh, husband, Keith. 
who was recovering from a severe uh, leg break. Who, oh, because uh, he had an accident, didn't he? He broke his leg playing football. Yes, I remember and, that. And uh, he ended up in a coma or he almost uh, passed away and everything. Um, so Keith was my first person that I ever Trained. took from... From being yeah. at mm-hmm. one point and taking him to another point, uh, obviously a progression. So you, because of the way that you helped him yeah. and, and and his recovery, you could see that he was like really getting better and yeah. everything. Yeah. You decided that you could do this um, to, with other people and yes, maybe definitely. other people could benefit from your... Yeah, that's, that's what I was getting to <clears throat> with how Kyle came about um, because it all came about from, from Keith. Yes. Where I saw the progress a person can make physically and and mentally where you can get so much better he- filter healthier that i thought i could do this with with other people yeah even people that i don't know i yeah. could uh, i could help them i think and you weren't working at the time you didn't have no. a job apart from the petrol station or... no that was before ah. the petrol station was when i went to canada ah. i come back and <clears> i was uh, on the unemployment list yeah so once this started once i got the ball rolling so i set up my own thing fitness what was it called fit body results fit body results i've still got the t-shirt in mm-hmm. fact mikey wears it now yeah. fit body results fit body results and, uh, and that's how uh, how that journey really skyrocketed really once i set it up i got yeah a wide range of of individuals so that came to me. You were doing me. classes, yep. um, evening classes. You were doing one-to-ones with people. You had a little yeah. gym um, in up City Mill Lane, just by Fit for Life around there. And I met you because I watched The Hub, mm-hmm. as I mentioned before, yep. and you were talking about the wonders you'd done with this incredible guy, Kyle, yep. who had lost something like 60 kilos. Kyle was a big, big guy. And um, just through diet and exercise, something quite simple... He lost 60 kilos. Yeah. And I thought, well, if this guy can train, this other guy, I didn't know you at all. I didn't I didn't know. And so um, Facebook yep. allows you to do mm-hmm. these things. You can just pick up strangers. I sent you a message and I said, I'd really like to meet you because yeah. I've got an idea. Having been overweight all my life, I thought, if I don't do it like this, I'm never going to lose <laughs> it. Yeah. And um, and that was it. We, yeah. I remember we met up. We went I remember for a when you first messaged me. I was in England. When you first messaged me, I was doing a course. I was doing a massage course. I was ah, sat yes. in the. I was sat in a room in in I think it was in in Brentford, and I got your your message telling me this idea of what you had and what you wanted to do, and um, hmm. and it just kind of like it took off took because off it was life of its own. Yeah, because we were both really enthusiastic. I really was. I already had the people in mind that I thought could take part with me. And four of us completely different for different reasons. And we became like a little family because we filmed for over nearly a year. Mm. And in the middle of the filming, I had a heart attack. I'll never forget how bad you felt. Um, I'll never forget the day you came around and um, I was, I mean, literally, it just was one of those things. I pushed myself. I didn't take your advice. Uh, That's what happened. (laughs) And I thought I could just carry on eating and push myself up med steps every day. Med Med steps did it really Mm. because I was going every day and I was, I'm going to do it faster and I'm going to do it faster. And the quickest I did it was 23 minutes, Mm. which at 90 odd kilos, which is what I weighed at the time, was quite a lot to push up. And anyway, the heart attack was fine. My heart now, thank goodness, is fine. But I'll never forget the day you walked yeah. in. You were, you were to my house, and then I thought, right, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna carry on, and I did. Yeah, I did. I mean, I I know there was a bit of a resistance 
to to starting again. Maybe not from yourself, but um, it's it's normal. Obviously, people worry. Um, but once we were given the the go ahead from from the doctor and that you could exercise and stuff, mm-hmm. it was just obviously towing the line a certain way in order to not aggravate or make things worse. Well, it's fine. Because, I mean, anyone can train. And what we did with what I did with you post heart attack, I've done with other people before. Because um, not everyone can train or do the same things, and you've got to find ways around whatever obstacles and it may be. It injuries, was, it was more about the diets as we spoke. Yeah. We, as we, well, I just carried on eating healthily. Yeah. I wasn't training at the beginning. I wasn't allowed to train mm. for about six to eight weeks, and then after that, we just um, walked yeah. and talked. That's what we could do? Walk. <laughs> Talked. Oh, and swimming. swimming. You hate swimming. swimming. I discovered that's when I discovered you were like a frog in the water. I can swim. I just don't enjoy it. Absolutely hated every minute of (laughs) the um, the trips down to Gaza. But when you could shout at me from the edges of the pool, motivate you. Motivate me exactly. Okay, motivate. (laughs) But I mean, it's it's just like like say Heidi, one of the four participants. When we started, she had had a, a bike accident days before on we the way started up to GBC? filming or whatever it was. She fell off yeah, the, on the she, way up she to She damaged GBC. the knee and I think even to this day, yeah. she's still suffering yeah, from probably, that yeah. uh, injury, from the accident. Yeah. And when Heidi started, I had to give Heidi something different to do than the rest of you because she was less mobile because of her knee and yeah. she still lost the weight. So it just goes to show that just because someone can't do something doesn't mean you can't still get the desired results you want to get in this case for you it was your heart attack but we um we tackled that situation as best as we could and overcame it and uh, and it still led you to losing weight and with Heidi the same thing happened and that's what I try and do or instill with anyone else that I've tried to help along the way is to try and overcome whatever type of obstacles do you still do you still train people now I do some I do some I don't do a lot Uh, yesterday actually Coincidentally, I was stopped in town uh, by a former client of mine um, who has always told me if I ever start again uh, or or at least doing it as as much as I used to do that to please uh, call him because... Your classes were great because we developed, we had like a group of people which were, we used to go out together. Well, even to this day, I still go out with a few people with Tanya Mm -hmm. and Chris and, uh, and, and Stephanie. I mean, we we developed a friendship because of of the of the training, and to this day, I've, I've stopped doing the classes, and we still meet up and we go out for for dinner or we Which see each other so nice. now and again. So it, it was it, such a nice, healthy yeah. um, way very, of 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 exercising. It was a very friendly uh, yeah, it environment. Was really, so really nice. We miss it, it actually. Ricky and I miss it. We used to go together. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it offered a, a lot. Uh, well, the other thing, Dan, that we haven't mentioned is how well it it, it worked for Annalise. Who, yeah. I mean, her, the fact that she ended up coming off all her tablets at the time. Yeah, she was, uh, a, she was a diabetic. Diabet- yeah, and she had other tablets and yeah. things that she took but, to control her. Uh, she, she went off all two, her bills. Type two diabetic, and through the diet and exercise, and obviously over the months. Yeah. Um, she managed to come off her, her medication, which yeah. was obviously it was a, a very significant moment for her. Mm. Um, I was very happy for her, obviously, that I could uh, be a part of that and, and help her. And obviously, uh, as a group, everyone mm. shared and encouraged each other to, to reach certain goals. So it was good to, to, to have individuals that they all had their own obstacles to overcome. 
uh, and uh, say type 2 diabetes finalist at the time was uh, was one of those Important. obstacles. Yep. Now, I remember at the time, so you were doing all these things, you mm. wanted to work for the GHA. You had this dream that you wanted to, and I think it's worth mentioning because yeah. I remember you getting really angry when you uh, <laughs> applied for a job. Look at Basana, you apply yeah. for a job and then you don't get the job yep. and you're thinking, but why don't they want me? I have all the qualifications. I can do this. Yeah. Did you feel a bit kind of... Um, um, I don't know. I suppose I always knew it's going to be difficult for me to have gotten that job. Simply because it was the now. health promotion officer. Oh, okay. Um, simply because you're competing against other um, very well capable individuals. Mm. Um, mm. Some of those individuals who actually work in the GHA, so they obviously have um, the background specifically in the organisation to to help bolster their their chances or whatever it was. And obviously, um, I suppose. You always go into a situation thinking you can do just as well as as anyone else. So obviously, um, I had uh, no lack of confidence in that I could do the job. Yeah. Granted, there might be other people that are maybe better suited for it. Um, so it's just that was of... the first time. And then the second time, sadly, it came out internally as some many jobs happen in Gibraltar. And you didn't get a look and in. And I couldn't have a, yeah, an opportunity well, to. You eventually. But you yeah. eventually past got, got over that and managed to get a job as a firefighter yep. which is your current job right now yeah i'm an airport Out, fire a fighter an airport firefighter mm -hmm. so you're down at the airport yep ready in case plane in case the inevitable happens we're there so you've done a lot of training because now yep. and again you do appear in the chronicle having done this course or that course what's that like um it's it's excellent it's excellent i mean the the fire service is something i always had in the back of my mind I'd really uh, yeah J just because it's one of those jobs that it's more hands-on job it's yeah. not an office job uh, and um you do get your free time where you can do other stuff on the side in my case i get to do some personal training here and there and help other individuals so it's like almost the best of both worlds. Best of both worlds yeah. for and me. Do you have a gym there within yeah, the? Yeah, we've got a gym there. We try and keep everyone tries and keep a but fit and healthy. But it's a good ambiente, a nice. Yeah, bunch yeah, it's a, it's a big uh, like family atmosphere. I mean, you spend uh, thirteen hours of a day minimum together: mm. breakfast, lunch, dinner, all the exercises and all the training we do. It it just you can't help it but just form that type of a a bond. So would you say in a, in a way everything works? Everything happens for a reason. Yep. Yeah, of and course, everything. Sometimes life doesn't go as you think it yeah. might go, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's a bad thing. Uh, I suppose you just adapt and overcome. And I'm very, very happy with uh, where I am uh, work-wise. I've made Good. friends that I consider uh, many of them in, like, like brothers. I mean, I suppose unless you work in an environment like that, you wouldn't understand the, the type of bond or relationship or things that are shared mm. between a bunch of individuals all day every day whilst on shift we've gone out before on, on bike rides we we you know we have a big uh, social uh, life together so That's great. it just helps create this good atmosphere whilst good. at work I'm, I'm glad because i always thought of you as a, a bit of a family man yeah yep. and that's going to lead me on to my next um <laughs> That I want to talk about you're looking at me like mm. the love of your life Helga your camper van <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so, Helga. Yeah, that, and now I get where you came from with the Helga. Suddenly I see this incredible camper van and you've kitted it out. No, it's, yeah. it's all like pimped. Uh, yeah, I bought, I bought a van, a nine-seater Volkswagen from Germany. Yeah. And with the intention of obviously um, making it uh, or personalizing it to my, to my specifications. Uh, obviously, the idea is to make it into a, a camper, yeah. but a camper to my liking, because mm. I didn't particularly want furniture inside of the van. It's kind of the traditional so thing you have, where you have the sink, the hob. You, just, um, you I don't want any of that. No, you've just no. got a bed. I've got the bed, mm. and I've got an awning, and I've got it uh, nicely insulated. and um, It's all cosy. Yeah, nice and cosy. It's very comfortable, but it gives me the space that I want as a five-seater van. Instead if of you a, want, if you want it, yeah, if yeah. I want it, and now you've got somebody to share it with, yeah, I do, and you never know, you might fill it up with the little ones as well. Maybe who knows? So that would be very exciting. Maybe. Um, I'm going to ask you two questions that I've asked everybody else. Okay. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. If you had a song that would go through life yeah. with you, I know how much you love heavy metal, <laughs> your Iron Maiden, and your mm, what's the other thing, the tattoo that you have on your leg? I've got several. Iron Maiden, yeah. Yeah, I've got Iron Maiden, Guns N' Roses, Guns Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, mm. Kiss. So one song, Daniel. One song. Yeah. It's tough. Under pressure. Good songs. One one that means something that would that would be quite special for you. That's gone through life with you. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to give a specific song because there are songs that maybe you can relate to specific things in life. But I think it's more of the group yeah. that comes with it. And for me, the group is Iron Maiden. Okay. Songs I could. Mm. Just Iron Maiden. Hallowed be thy name. Wasted years. Blood brothers. I mean, there's all of those. There's loads of songs that that when mm. I listen to them, yeah. it means something to me. But a specific song over everything, it's very difficult. Okay. Very difficult. And lastly, yeah. Three words to describe me. Describe you. Yeah. Um. Loud. Yeah, I like that one. It's fine. Charismatic. Thank you. Yeah. Talkative. Very good. I very much enjoyed chatting to you. So have I. Thank you, Michelle. You're very welcome. You've been listening to On the Sofa with Rouge, a series of talks where I talk to friends and family about all the interesting things they've been getting up to. A massive shout out to Charlie Hurst, my sound engineer, who's done an incredible job of putting this podcast together. His website is soundunit.co.uk, should you want to get in touch with him. And also a massive shout out to Beatrice Garcia, who's a very accomplished artist and who's beautifully designed the logo for this uh, icon, for this podcast. And her website is Beatrice garcia.com thanks a lot for listening please get in touch rougejib at gmail.com if you want to let me know uh, what you thought of my podcast and uh, how i could improve and please 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 tune in because more podcasts are being dropped all the time